understand we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. Guys, real quick, today's episode of The Stranded is sponsored by none other than Instapodcast. If you've never heard of Instapodcast, that's my podcast management agency, and there's nothing wrong with a shameless plug, right? My podcast management agency that we started in 2019 with the intent to help business owners, entrepreneurs, and creatives just like yourself connect on one of the most popular platforms on the internet right now that allows you to have true intimacy and vulnerability with your audience, and that is podcasting, to share your story, to share your message, your experience, and your knowledge through one of the most powerful mediums. And what we did was take away the hardest, most difficult part of it. We do the tech and the production for you so that you get to focus on the two most important things, which are content and marketing, so that the world can hear your message. Because I know, one thing I know for certain is that you have a message that can put words to something that someone else is experiencing that they don't know how to put words to. And so it's time to put your message out there. But the problem is, is you're scared of how much work it's going to take. And Instapodcast takes away all of the work for you so that you can focus on what's most important about the podcast, which is just delivering and serving your audience. So run over to instapodcast.com right now, schedule and book your first call with one of our reps or me, and we will get you started with your popular podcast. What's up? What's good, guys? Welcome back to the Stranded Phase podcast. I am your host, your girl, Jessica Hurley, and we are back with another solo episode. My suggestion is if you're in the car on the treadmill, you either need to get out your notepad or re-listen to this when you're home and can write this down because this one um, is going to be deep and it's going to be something you don't expect. And these are probably going to be takeaways that you want to bottle up and keep. So before we jump into today's episode, um, I just want to just wanna acknowledge that your girl hit a little bit of burnout lately. Um, you know, you couldn't have told me shit, to be honest. Like I really thought I had never experienced firsthand what burnout felt like until just recently. And so when my batch content for the podcast ran out, um, and then we got through Innovative Income, which is our annual woman's event that was in January, I woke up shortly after and I had run out of steam as well. I was empty. I was past empty. And the crazy thing about burnout is you don't know you're burnt out until you are past the point of no return, aka doing some of the normal things that I was used to doing to recharge myself, like taking a day off, um, having an agendaless day, getting back into routine as far as meditation, healthy eating habits, walking every day. Nothing was recharging me. It was never enough. It was like I was a, a cup, a, a cup with holes in it. The foundation was gone. So I was pouring into myself and it was emptying faster than I could fill it. And so it was like I had poured out from my my reservoir. The, the stuff that was held for me 
reserved for me to utilize when and if I needed it, I used that too. And so I was just spent. I had nothing. So we've been a little quiet on the show, but we are coming back. This is going to be very different conversations. We're going to be talking to some bomb ass business owners, incredible women, you know, revealing true transformations, bringing you information from an exploratory like place of discovery around you around rediscovering yourself, whether you are pivoting, stuck, stranded, scaling, this is for you. And it's really important in this season that we kind of wrap wherever you're at. We're always going to reference healing. We're always going to reference personal growth. We're always going to reference deep diving into you because that is the foundational pieces of what matter. Um, But we did an entire season on it in 2021. I highly suggest you go back and listen. But this episode's very important that I point that out because this episode is titled In the Middle of the Mess, Part 2. She's not stranded anymore. And to make a quick reference, this today is the anniversary of an episode I released 1 year ago on the Stranded Phase podcast. Um, called In the Middle of a Mess. And it was with someone that I was, um, my former partner, my son's father, the person that I was engaged to, the person that I was in love with. And we did a very transparent episode about splitting up and our decision to do so and not knowing what was ahead of us and where we were going, but we were very vulnerable. And um, I would never take that back. I would never take that back nor would I take back the year of transformation that I experienced. But I bring that up and I'm doing this episode because it has been an entire year since that transpired. I was so unclear about what was happening at that point, but obviously it has gotten very clear and my life has changed forever because of it. But I had an entire 12 months of transformation since then. This has been the most transformational personal growth year of my life. I learned more about myself in the last 12 months than I have in 10 years um, by force, you know, by default because of the situation that I was in. And that partnership that I had for seven years with my son's father was I will never, ever, ever regret it. It was most times amazing. I, through that relationship, I uncovered so much about myself. I found out that I had the potential to be an incredible business owner. I risked quitting my corporate job to start my own business. And I'm three years later, I'm still successful at it. I you know, found out so much about love and trying to to love someone unconditionally and parenting a child with somebody and, you know, uncovering my insecurities and meeting someone else's needs. I mean, the list fucking goes on. I found so many parts of myself inside that relationship. Um, but I bring all of that up and I make this a part too because I took you guys on an entire journey with me over the course of 12 months. Um, as I healed through it, because I was clueless. I had no idea what to do. When I left that 
situation, I was like, how the fuck do I pick up the pieces? And so as I seeked those healers, as I seeked those mentors, as I seeked those spiritual guides and kind of put the business on the back burner for a little bit, I took you guys on that journey with me because I was like, how do women do this and still show up in life? Because I was broken. I was torn to pieces. And I was like, women literally suffer in silence. So I want I want to explore this and I want to take women with me. We should not have to suffer in silence. We, you know, and this is no discredit to the, the men in our lives, but because we do talk about it. We talk about it more than they do. But we still have to show up as moms. We still have to show up as business owners. We still have to show up to our jobs. We still have to parent. We still have to be partners. We still have to be mothers, sisters, daughters, friends. And these are the seasons of our life where we don't even know how to show up for ourselves. We're struggling to even get out of bed. We're struggling to even show up. We don't want to wake up for the day. Um, So how do we put the pieces together? And so I took you guys on that journey with me. And so I'm bringing this up today at the one-year mark because I'm ready to close that chapter. I'm ready to close that chapter. Even if it wasn't the outcome that I wanted, even if it wasn't, um, even though I, I will, let me be very fucking clear. I have a tremendous amount of healing remaining to do. This is not completely healed. I have so much stuff that I have uncovered and I have a long journey to go that I am completely open and open to and ready for. Um, but I'm ready to close that chapter. I will, you will hear me at times reference my transformational year, which was this year. And that's what I'm talking about when I mention it, but I'm getting to a point where, um, this isn't part of my life anymore. It was a chapter of my life of a best-selling book and I'm closing the book. I'm ending that book. That book is done. I am closing it. It's a best-selling book. It's going over there. And now it is time to rewrite a new one because everything, everything, and I mean everything about me has changed. My life is completely anew from the way that I treat people to the way that I love, to the way that I understand life, to patience, forgiveness, all of the things. And that is not to say that I grew so well, you know, so... um well throughout this process. No, it was dirty. It drug me. I saw the worst. And when I say the worst, I mean the worst parts of myself. I saw the impatient, angry, aggressive, jealous, ridiculously insecure versions of myself throughout this process. And having to meet with her head on and deal with all of those things on top of healing was painful enough. And I'm just finally getting to a point in my life where that's the end of that chapter. The healing continues, the discovery continues, but my identity is new. I'm rewriting, not rewriting, I am writing from a fresh fresh page, a new start. And so I'm formally closing this chapter as one of the greatest experiences of my life. Um, the reason, the very reason my son is here, um, the reason why I know who I am and I'm continuing to learn and have discovered, you know, the, the beauty, the essence and the, the growth behind self-development and self-love and the reason why I am who I am was all because of that relationship, but it is now a part of a book that is being closed. And so I wanted to one, formally close it with you guys because 
we are going to take this podcast to the next level. We are going to interview and speak as if you are moving out of that phase as well, whatever it may be for you. The goal is that you are not stranded anymore. My purpose to you is to put words to stuff that you don't understand how to put words to, but it's also to not only get you to embrace the stranded phase, but to not identify with it. While I think it is the most important season of your life to embrace the hard stuff, because that is where the lessons are. You will learn the toughest things in your darkest hours, but eventually we got to move out of there. We cannot live there. We can not identify with it. We are not writing the map of victimization for the rest of our lives. How do we move on and prioritize healing at the same time? And then where do we go after that? Because we're, we're literally creating a new identity. And when we get into that space, women in particular, we have such a way of deciding that we're going to start over. And then when we get to the place to start over, because we don't know what to do, because we're not conforming to anyone, we're not the chameleon, there's no one to guide us or tell us or, or for us to fit into their perfect life, we start feeling feelings of rejection because the decision's completely up to us and we don't know what we want. So if you are in that phase and you are getting to that place of like, okay, I'm not stranded anymore. This is the place that I intend to take you as we move into new content for the Stranded Phase podcast. So we on this journey together, don't forget it. However, I could not end this chapter. I felt like the most appropriate close was after my year of hell. <laughs> now, let me be clear. This year was amazing. So many things came out of this year. Me putting all of this energy towards myself really showed out. I saw things, I th I saw things happen for myself that I could never conceptualize. I have, I won in ways and received accolades and accomplishments that I never saw for myself all in one year. My business grew tremendously. My revenue grew um, quite a bit. I really enhanced my relationship with my son. There's a, I really enhanced my relationship with my friends, but there, this year whooped my ass. It whooped my ass. Like sometimes I think I'm just exhausted because of the way that I constantly show, show, showed up in the midst of like some of my deepest pain. And I could not close this chapter without telling you guys 10 things that I learned in this year of transformation that will forever just be like imprinted on my psyche because and let me be very clear, and you'll understand as we get into this, what I, the 10 things I'm about to give you are very truthful. They're not toxic positivity. They're not like, they're not going to be what you expect. But I think it's really important that I share this with you because a lot of this stuff was riveting for me because it was stuff, it was it was stuff that I did not acknowledge or realize until I was outside of a relationship and I had a chance to really look at life, talk to married people, talk to older people, talk, read, read a lot, understand how I project, how I, my insecure, where my insecurities live. I mean, oh my God, so many things, but, and I could go on for hours, but we're going to jump into these 10. Um, just get ready, y'all. So 10 things I learned from a significant year of transformation. Number one, revenge is not a training tool. 
it starts unforgivable wars. Revenge, revenge is not a training tool. It starts unforgivable wars. And what I mean by this is, especially for women, <laughs> we cannot, people aren't dogs. I know there's a joke that runs around the women in most families that says like men are like dogs and you can train them. Um, but people are not dogs. We cannot beat or demean them into submission. And I know revenge, we don't even think about it sometimes. And some of us do. But sometimes it is the only thing that can heal a deep, deep wound. Not heal. We think it's the only thing that can heal a deep, deep wound. But it's, it's so subconscious for us to go after hurting someone when they hurt us as if it's going to alleviate some level of pain. And it, let, me, let me really tell you, it does not. It does not. Painting someone else that has pained you literally equals nothing. 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 It gives you nothing. It alleviates no pain for you. And it changes no behavior. So even when someone gets something over on you, when they, what you feel like they intentionally hurt you and you go to return the favor, please think about it again because it gets neither of you anywhere. And many times it starts unforgivable wars. What, what we fight for equality so much in so many different things when it comes to race, um, gender, all these things. Let me tell you one thing we don't need to fight equally for is pain. Fairness, fairness in pain, right? You hurt me, so I need to hurt you. How come you can do that? But if I do it, you flip out. No, 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 no. Be the bigger person and understand that revenge doesn't do shit. I've even heard people say like, well, at least if I do it, they won't do it in the next relationship. I'll teach them a lesson. You, revenge is not a training tool. It's not a teacher. It's not a stick you beat somebody with. It is how you hurt people for the long term. And you cannot come back from those things. Be a better person. Number one, revenge is not a training tool. It starts unforgivable wars. Number two, we, you, are not your mistakes. You are not your mistakes. That is not your identity. However, we are our mistakes until we choose to forgive them. So, all of that shame that you're carrying around is your identity. It is who you think you are. It is the burden that you carry until you choose to forgive it. There was a burden I was carrying this entire year that I wanted to victimize myself so much for. And I realized recently that I needed to forgive myself that I played significant roles in all the pain that was caused, that there were moments where I seeked revenge. There were moments where the worst part of me came out and I needed to forgive myself for that because it was becoming part of my identity. We are not our mistakes. We all make mistakes. Please relinquish the idea that anyone walking God's green earth is perfect. None of us are. We all make mistakes and significant ones at that too. Most of us just don't get to see them publicly. 
But let me tell you, this year, your girl showed her ass. I had moments where I lost control, complete control. Moments where I thought, I literally was like, am I bipolar? I would have waves of peace and moments where I felt so solid and so good. And I was only as good as my next trigger. So I would lose it. I would lose it at a moment's notice of something that was unhealed. And it was only an opportunity for me to dig deeper and heal that thing as well. But there was so much unhealed shit that I had not forgiven myself. Then I went on making all these mistakes, operating in these behaviors and shaming the shit out of myself for them and not realizing that the biggest part of my healing journey was forgiving myself for the actions and the roles I played in the mess that I made or it, the action, my actions and the role that I played in what felt like this beautiful thing that crumbled. I was walking around and wearing that shame and trying to play victim for it. So if you feel yourself And shame is a heavy weight to carry, ladies. Let me be crystal clear. Shame is a heavy weight to carry. It's I should have done this and I should have done that. I should have been better. I should have shut up. I should have been more peaceful. I should have behaved like a woman. I should have, I should have, I should have. Yes, you absolutely should have. But that shame I was carrying was heavy as shit. And I couldn't blame anyone else anymore. I had to blame myself. And that was the beginning of the acknowledgement so that I could begin the journey of forgiveness for myself. I realized in my story, the last person and the most important person that I needed to forgive was not other parties involved, was not other people. It was me. I needed to forgive me. Number three, quote unquote, win the battle, lose the war. You've heard this before. Win the battle, lose the war. Going for blood in every small conflict can and will put you in positions you can never come back from. I think that's very similar to what I said, but there were so many times that I caught myself wanting to hurt back, wanting to check people, wanting to put people in their place for the sake of my ego, for the sake of my temporary ego, not realizing that I was digging a deeper and deeper grave across the board. Win the battle, lose the war. Focus on the bigger picture. Focus on the outcome. Focus on what you really, really want. One of the most powerful exercises I did often to get myself out of this mental space was I would pick a date, any random date, 10, 12 months from now, random ass date, write a letter to myself explaining where I was and what I was doing. And I would just visualize, I'd just go there. Like I remember writing it one time and I, the date was Halloween and I wrote this letter about being in the car, my son being in the car, um, you know, his outfit, we were getting ready to go trick-or-treating. Who were we meeting up with? Where did we stop to get food? You know, who were the people we met? And when we got there, were they happy? Were they excited? What neighborhood do we go trick-or-treating in? Like I painted this whole vision. And I was like, and smiling as I would write it, I did this over and over and over again. Anytime I felt myself getting like stuck, like like in this like cyclical cycle of like stuck and victimization and blame. And I would write these letters and then I'd read them and then I'd be like, what you're doing now, 
is this behavior, is this feeling going to get you any closer to that vision? Nope. No. If the answer is no, then the battle is not worth it. Number four, listen to me carefully. Whatever shakes your emotional home, whatever triggers you, whatever breaks you, or whatever the thing is that sent you in shambles, shambles, y'all know what I'm talking about. I had moments this year where I crumbled. I'm talking about couldn't pick myself up off the floor. You have to understand, and this is really hard, especially for many of us women that are empaths, we don't understand why other people aren't empaths. We have to understand that whatever that thing is that triggers us, that just sends us out of control, that shakes our emotional home is not the same for others. The moment we understand that is the very moment we understand that this is why we do not understand each other. We must understand this because this is the very reason why we do not understand each other. Let me put this very simply for you. Some of the things that hinder us, hinder many of us, break us, may be harmless to others. So when you get upset about why someone doesn't have empathy for you, when you get upset about why other people can't sympathize with you, when you get upset that someone would dare do this to you, break you in this way, this may, this may feel very harmless to them. Hell, it might fuel them. And to give you a very simple example, you've heard this a million times before. There are people that have been called overweight, fat by someone that they were dating, unattractive, and what do they do? They do more of it to validate that feeling. So it takes away from them. They eat more. They do they take care of themselves less. They basically self-sabotage because they are going to continue to validate that this thing hurt them and it is indeed true that the person that is hurting them is right versus someone could be told the same information and it could motivate them and drive them to go to the gym, to get super fit, to diet, to exercise and to create a healthy lifestyle so that no one can ever say that again, both in which are trying to validate a thought that someone else has. So just understanding, one of the biggest things for me was understanding just because it broke me, broke my emotional home, triggered me because it was something so much deeper than what was actually transpiring. It had everything to do with things that happened to me 15, 20 years ago. My inner child who didn't feel safe. Those things may mean very little or be harmless to other people. Hence why they struggle to sympathize or empathize with you. Number five, to be crystal clear, making other people look bad will not make you feel better. We're constantly looking to hurt and harm people when they hurt us. But making them feel bad, making them look bad, does, does, literally does nothing for your spirit. It does nothing. And I've heard otherwise. I've heard some people be like, shh, huh. if I say it back, if I do it back, if I beat them back, I feel good. And to each its own, friend, literally to each its own. But for me, I have never once 
been selfish. I have, let me be clear, but I've never once made choices to be selfish in that way and then been able to boast or feel good or sleep well at night because of it. That doesn't mean take ass whoopings all day. You can be taken advantage of as well. But when I acted out of character and did things to make myself feel better or said things about people to make myself feel better because we've all done it. I literally shamed myself into like a black hole. I couldn't sleep. Like understand when you choose to love someone, relationship, friendship, family, You love them with reason. Unconditional love looks like I choose to love you even when you make mistakes, even when you hurt me. And I know that's so much easier said than done, but something I've had to constantly remind myself of is like, if I've loved this person before, and you might have to love them from a distance, but if I've loved this person before, I don't need to make them look bad to make myself feel better. It doesn't work out well, ever. Number six, just understanding that we all heal the best way we know how. We all heal the best way we know how. Most times, it's truly misunderstood by others. Yet, it's still the very best we can do. So, to be crystal clear, more examples. This is the difference between. Like I mentioned, the excessive dieting versus eating obsessively. This is, you know, often a breakup occurs and one person goes and, you know, involves himself with multiple people versus someone may not be able to get out of bed. We are dealing with the same level, the same pain, all healing from it differently in the best way we know possible. We cannot judge others for the way that they choose to heal themselves, the way that they choose to get their power back, even if we see it not fit or not right. And we cannot judge other people for the way in which they feel. That's a really hard pill to swallow, especially when you feel like the way that you're choosing to heal from something is correct and what someone else doing what someone else is doing is incorrect. But there is no right way to do this. There's a healthier way to do this, but there is no right way and it may be the best that person can do. It may be the best that person can do when they are enduring the type of feelings that they are dealing with. So, number six, understanding we all heal the best way we know how. Number seven, feel your feelings. Feel them. Don't run from them. Feel them. Feel your feelings. But no, they lie to us in the moment. So at times when these feelings dictate your behavior, you can tend to regret it. I went through a an entire year of allowing my feelings to live like Feel my freaking feelings, learning how to self-regulate, learning how to use the tools to move through them instead of leave them dormant, docile, or push them down and suppress them, using the tools so that I could actually feel them. And let me tell you, friends, that shit sucks. 
that shit sucks. There were times where I allowed myself to process emotions during weeks that were some of my busiest weeks and I would be out of commission for four or five days, six days, seven days, couldn't function, couldn't talk, literally like a dark cloud was walking over me. And I was like, why do people think this is what we're supposed to do? I'm willingly inviting this into my life. But the process of allowing your feelings and the process of feeling them, because we feel as a culture that we're not supposed to ever feel broken. So we immediately deviate from the feeling. We won't even acknowledge it. But it is real. It is real. And if you don't feel those feelings, then you're literally a freaking robot. You want to talk about things that manifest into physical ailments and like forever changed behavior, that is when you avoid your feelings because you just suppress them in the moment, exactly how they feel. And they live inside your physical body until you choose to process them. Processing emotions is ugly as hell, friends. It's ugly. It's ugly, y'all. Would not, 10 out of 10 would not recommend. However, sitting in them, Acknowledging them and sitting in them and processing them was so important because I would always notice that at the beginning of how I felt, you couldn't tell me shit. I would feel a certain type of way about myself, about my behaviors, about the mistakes I made, about what I needed to do right now because this anger, this hurt, this pain, this whatever has got me feeling some type of way. Let me make it really crystal clear for you. You've been in pain so much at one point in your life where you felt like you were 1000% justified to hurt someone else. The vice versa is you've been so happy and on such a high at some point in your life where you felt like you could take over the world and you were going to feel like this forever. Hence the ebbs and flows, the highs and lows. And you thought both of these feelings would last forever. So you're, you were willing to bet your behavior on it. But had you pained someone else amidst that pain, and maybe you did because I've done it before too, you eventually regret it. If you were to make decisions at your highest high, you know, buying massive things, you know, choosing to fall in love with somebody that you're unsure about, but on a day that you feel like you're on this high, you might make a decision you'll regret because you are making decisions off of feelings that are real, but they may lie to us in the moment. You have to process them. So number seven, feel your feelings, but know that they can lie to us and they can dictate our behavior at sometimes you will regret. Number eight, They say forgiveness is the beginning of healing, but I personally think from experience that true forgiveness comes later. They say once you can begin the process of forgiveness is when healing begins, but I really think it begins, and I want you to really listen carefully when I say this. I really think from my experience, forgiveness begins the moment you can find empathy when exploring what someone else is feeling in their most unfavored moments without the need to validate your own. Do y'all hear what I said? I think forgiveness begins the moment you can find empathy when exploring what someone else is feeling in their most unfavored moments without the need to validate your own. 
let me tell you something. We're on a constant journey of trying to get other folks to understand why we feel the way we feel. How do you not understand why I'm so upset right now? How are you not empathetic to how hurt I am? Why would you dare do that to me when you know how bad this would hurt me? Yet, we can't sit still long enough because we are so busy placing blame on other people. Remember, we always talk about radical responsibility. To find empathy when exploring what others do when they're in their most unfavored moments, aka lashing out, um, being resentful, you know, behavior we don't approve of. What are they feeling in that moment that's making them them act that way? I'm not asking you or telling you to justify their behavior. This is not justification for poor behavior. But in someone's most unfavored moments, can you find empathy exploring how they feel in their unfavored moments without the need to validate your own? Yes, you're acting this way, but it did this. It made me feel this way. So you can't take a moment to to consider what they're feeling that's got them acting that way because you're so busy trying to validate your own. Let me tell y'all that I went there plenty of times this year and I don't love it there. I do not. I really think forgiveness, true forgiveness begins the minute we can find empathy in people's most unfavored moments without the need to validate our own. It's costly over there. Trust me, I get it. Because it means temporarily to you, well, wait, if I empathize with you, then I don't matter. I don't get the apology I'm looking for. I don't get the understanding that this was not right. I don't get to be right. And if I don't get to be right, you don't get to be right either. Let me go back to this. There is nothing fair about pain. So there's nothing you can do. There's no apology someone can give that is going to validate the way you feel until you validate how you feel. But forgiveness can begin when you can empathize with how someone else feels that's led them to unfavored behavior. Number nine, the best apology to anyone, yourself, former people that you may have crossed, friends, family. I saw, I, I saw this time over and over and over again. The best apology is change behavior, period. The best apology you can give anyone is changed behavior. You can say sorry till you're blue in the face. You can water down what you did wrong. But nothing accounts for any of that. Because you can even apologize swiftly. What do they say in How to Win and Influence Friends? Like, apologize swiftly and try to dead things before it gets to this wave of like emotional chaos. But even after that, the proof in the pudding, the best true apology is just change behavior, period. Okay. Last one. It is so necessary, and this is something I learned the hard way, all of it. There's so much more, but this is what I pulled out for you guys because I felt like you really weren't going to expect 
these things that were like really hard lessons for me, things that I didn't want um, to acknowledge and I probably never acknowledged prior to this year. So it's very necessary, number 10, it's very necessary to know what to keep to yourself. I gave a lot of people in 2021 a front row seat um, who had a personal opinion about everything. And to be clear, I made that choice. I don't regret it. I know it's my job and my business to put words to things people don't know how to put words to. And I am totally okay with that walk in purpose. But my vulnerability gave people a front row seat and every single one of them had a personal opinion. And the thing with that personal opinion is not necessarily that that part is wrong, but I had to realize that I, and you all need to understand this about yourself, I was not strong enough or clear enough on how I felt to put all of that out there because you can be so easily persuaded by people's opinions. So easily persuaded by people's opinions. Again, I don't regret what I said, what I brought forward. I know this helped people in a way that um, I'll forever be grateful for. But I definitely went into 2022 with some some tighter lips, a few NDAs going into new friendships and ventures. Um, I had to really step back and go, okay, I was vulnerable vulnerable with a lot of folks. This attracted a lot of people that were very excited that this was relatable and they could finally acknowledge how they felt. Um, what I didn't realize was there were so many people that were going to use that against me. Um, this was also going to tear down a lot of things. It was weaponized against me often. And then at any time... Even though I thought I was being vulnerable and I was being as authentic as possible on my journey of not knowing, this was an entirely inquisitive journey. So I wasn't out here ever coming out, coming forward saying that I was the expert in anything. I was soul searching and I opened the door and said, come in, come figure this out with me. But I realized something about this made people think that any time that the veil was pierced, that I came across as imperfect, that I did anything against what I said or talked about or learned on my show, I got called out for disappointing other people. And right, I get it. I should hold myself to the same standard that I help you guys to try to implement in your lives. But just know I'm an imperfect human and I am learning these things sometimes and many times as you are, and I'm trying my very best to implement them and I fail from time to time. I fail from time to time. So number 10 was knowing what to keep to yourself was very important to me going into 2022. So I'm going to recap these really quickly. Number one, revenge is not a training tool. It can start unforgivable wars. Number two, we are not our mistakes. However, we are until we forgive them. Number three, win the battle, and lose the war. Number four, some of the things that hinder us may be harmless to others. Number five, making others look bad will not make you feel better. 
Number six, we all heal the best way we know how. Most times this is being misunderstood by others, yet we are still doing the very best we can do. Number seven, feel your feelings, but know they lie to us in the moment. And when it dictates your behavior, most times you will regret it. Number eight, forgiveness is the beginning of healing. True forgiveness comes later. Forgiveness begins the moment you can find empathy when exploring what someone else is feeling in their most unfavored moments without the need to validate your own. Number nine, the best apology is changed behavior. And number 10, it is so important and so necessary along your healing journey to know what to keep to yourself. I'll throw a bonus in there too. And I don't know who said this. I wish I had the quote, but you cannot use worldly things to fight spiritual battles. And while this could have been considered a worldly thing, it was entirely spiritual for me. It was like an atomic bomb went off in my life. And to get to a place of peace Worldly things could not get me there. The things that I had suppressed, the the trauma that I had to uncover, the work that I had to do was all spiritual. It was all spiritual. And so before we wrap this up, I realized it wasn't happiness. Happiness is, it ebbs and flows. Um, to me, it's a state of mind. It's not a state of mind. It's a, um, it's a result often when you are in the right state of mind. But it comes and goes. But I have learned that peace, peace is pricey. Peace is expensive. Peace is worth all of it because being at peace with yourself allows you to receive the highs and lows, the happy and sad, the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows that are life with the same capacity at all times. When you are at peace with yourself, you can literally receive it all, highs and lows with the same capacity. That blew my mind. It wasn't about happiness. Happiness, it comes and goes. It was a result of peace, being at peace. And I know peace is so expensive because there's so many things that my heart wanted, but that I knew I could not, I could not, I had to break my old patterns because the peace was worth it. The peace. So that, that my friends, is how we're going to end middle in the mess, middle of the mess part two. And I wrap this up by telling you that I am so excited with where this random phase is headed. We are still on this journey together. We are going to interview more incredible entrepreneurs. I'm going to bring more of my network in as my business grows. We're still going to tell transformational stories. I still want you to ask your questions. I want to connect you with 
people that are living life out loud boldly. And I still want to put words to the things that you are experiencing that you don't understand, because I know for sure that's my gift on this earth. Um, but I'm closing this chapter. I'm closing this chapter. I want to talk about money again. I want to talk about growth. I want to talk about spirituality. I want to talk about or raise the questions around religion. I want to have authentic conversations with women. I want to talk about love. I want to talk about the container of friendships. Uh, There's so much more. And I'm going to take you on this journey with me because your girl is choosing by choice not to be stranded anymore. And my hope and prayer for you all is that you get invited wherever you're at to do the same. Thank you for being on this journey with me. Thank you for accepting me as I am, mess and all. And um, I'm sending you guys so much love. See you soon. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.